welcome to, to the gathering. We're glad that you guys are here. If you're new with us, uh, typically what we do is we preach through books of the Bible. We, we currently find ourselves in Acts. Uh, we have a, a couple of chapters to go, two, which means we've got about six months uh, worth of material <coughs> to do. Um, but every now and then, the Lord puts something on our hearts, and He does that in different ways. And, and, and as we look at weekly, what do we teach? What, what do we focus on in a given week? Um, we are asking and praying that while we have a schedule, that we would be open to what the Spirit would have for us. And over the last two, three months, it's become very clear that the Lord is doing something unique uh, within this body around caring for vulnerable children, uh, mainly around adoption and, and foster care and, and all that comes with that. And, and story after story and conversation after conversation and, and praying through, we felt very clear the Spirit is calling, hey, take a Sunday and um, gather together and look at how this church community should think about and how we should respond to caring for vulnerable children. So we are going to do that this morning. It certainly encompasses adoption and foster care, but it is much uh, broader than that. Uh, Orphan care is not something new, so this isn't like a one-off. Orphan care has been important to this faith family since the beginning. It's one of our four pillars that we look at, and it's certainly not uh, unfamiliar to God. We talk about adoption every week uh, in the gospel. The gospel is a picture of adoption, and we talk about the gospel every week. So spoiler alert, we're going to talk about the gospel today. And we're going to talk about it next week. So in case you don't get it, we'll do it again next week. Um, So how do we look at this time? Uh, As we look at adoption, it's really important to remember that from a theological perspective, like as we look at, okay, what does the Bible say? And then what do we do about it? It's really important to remember that adoption uh, and orphan care uh, was not plan B for God as it relates to our relationship with him. He wasn't surprised by the fall. The plan all along, plan A, was creation, fall, redemption, adoption. Why? So that the full complement of God's grace and glory and love could be on display to his sons and daughters. And so this is uh, not a surprise uh, to him. So how we're going to do that today, uh, adoption uh, drives our response, our understanding of our own adoption in Christ. And we're going to look specifically at that. Uh, drives our uh, response. And how we're going to look at that today is we're going to walk through theology. We're going to look at the theology of it. And then we're going to look at how does that theology impact what we should do. We should always look at that theology. And then what is the impact? And then we're going to look at some very concrete next steps uh, today as it relates to caring for vulnerable children. We don't always do that. uh, But today we are going to look at some very concrete steps that you can step into as it relates to uh, this particular topic here. So if you want to grab your Bible, we're going to spend time in Ephesians 1 today. And you can actually go ahead and stand up um, so that we can read the scripture together. And as you're doing that, I want us to think about from a, from a lens standpoint. So as we approach Ephesians, Ephesians 1, I want us to look at how many times the language in Christ is used as we walk through this. So certainly Ephesians 1, our understanding and how he talks about it has a relation to adoption. But I really want us to listen for in Christ. And he uses in Christ. He uses in the beloved. He uses uh, in my son. Uh, Let's look at it through that lens. He uses it 10 times in 12 verses. We often talk about if he says it twice, it's really important. He uses it 10 times. So I don't know what that means on a scale, but it's really important. So as we read through Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, that's our lens this morning is what is he saying 
as it relates to in Christ. So let's do that. Ephesians 1, chapter, chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us in the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him, you also when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. This is the word of the Lord. All right, so we are going to roll through Ephesians 1 as we look at uh, theology. And I'm going to try to do this really quickly because we have a lot to cover this morning. I'm going to look at 10 points. We could talk about this for weeks, but I'm going to look specifically at 10 points as it relates to Ephesians 1. Why 10? Uh, Kyle did nine last week, and I thought I can, I can do one more. So we're going to do 10. All right, so number one, verse three, and they're going, to be, they're going to be behind me here on the screen. I have blessed you, verse three, I have blessed you with every spiritual blessing. Another word for blessing is benefit. So for those who are in Christ, he has given you access every single moment of every single day to every spiritual benefit that comes with being a son or daughter. Number two, verse four, he chose you before the foundation of the world. Now, this is a deep one. We could, duck, we could jump off the theological deep end on this. We could look at election and, and predestination. Um, I just want you to, to sit with me today and accept this at face value. If you have questions about predestination and you want to get into that, you can email me at sam at theparkschurch.com. <laughs> Anytime. I would love to have that conversation. But just, try, just go with it today. Accept. Jesus, it, God chose you before the foundation of the world. God planned your adoption. And when you think about it, uh, this makes sense. I'm an adoptive parent, and it makes sense to me. Adoption is, is initiated by the parent. Adoption is initiated by the parent. And as I thought about you know, our own adoption, God started and was preparing our family to accept our adopted daughter into our family long before she was even born. Long before she was born, she was working on me. She was work, he was working on Michelle. Uh, we were praying. We didn't know uh, who that child would be, whether it would be a boy or girl. We didn't know any of that. Um, we were praying for that. We were praying for, for her birth parents. Because anytime you have an adoption or a foster situation, it's difficult. It, it doesn't come from wonderful situations. That's typically not what happens. So we were praying for her birth mother and birth father because we knew that was going to be uh, difficult uh, for them. We were planning and saving uh, resources because it's expensive. Uh, and she wasn't aware of any of that. 
And I remember when we, uh, when we met her for the first time and we saw her walk across the room, um, our perspective as her adoptive parents was very different. We had to restrain ourselves from lavishing love on her. She's just meeting two people. She doesn't know all that went into what it had to take to get her to bring her into our family. And that's the picture that the Bible is giving us here, what God has done for those who are in Christ. Uh, I want you to be encouraged by that. If you are, especially if you're struggling, um, to think about before the sun was put in the sky, before the mountains were formed and the oceans, all of the creation narrative, before all of that, God had his sights set on you. You are immeasurably valuable to God. Number three, verse five, I have brought you into my family. I want you to call me dad. There's a lot of language in in the New Testament around calling God dad. Doesn't that just sound weird? Like the God of the universe wants us to call him dad. Uh, J.I. Packer, who I I really enjoy reading, really summed this up. And I think, Keith, we have this, this quote. You sum up the whole of New Testament religion if you describe it as the knowledge of God as one's holy father. If you want to judge... How well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of the thought of being God's child and having God as his father. If this is not the thought that prompts and controls his worship and prayers and his whole outlook on life, it means that he doesn't understand Christianity very well. For everything that Christ taught, everything that makes the New Testament new and better than the old, everything that is distinctively Christian as opposed to being just Jewish, is summed up in the knowledge of the fatherhood of God. Father is the Christian name for God. Our understanding of Christianity cannot be better than our grasp of adoption. This is really easy to miss, this this relationship of who God is to us and how that impacts what we do, how we make decisions. Um, And some some of the best and brightest miss this. John Wesley, some of you guys know him and the movement that he started that became a major uh, denomination. He uh, struggled with this and for, for half of his life did lots of things for God, but didn't understand this connection to God as father. And he's quoted as saying this. This is like halfway through his ministry, like of leading people and, and praying. Uh, his his quote was, I had the faith of a servant, not the faith of a son. Big difference. Big difference. Number four, verse seven, and I'm going to have to speed up. I have, uh, I have redeemed you. Adoptions cost, it cost. And the costs are real and the costs are high. And for you to join the family of God, there was a cost, a really high cost in Jesus having to sacrifice himself for us to be able to enter the family of God. You did not approach God, even this morning. Uh, you are not a cute orphan we are not cute orphans, innocent, waiting to be adopting. We are rebellious. We, have, we are children of wrath, as, as Paul calls it, uh, which is why that the cost was so high and why the sacrifice was so great. Number five, verse seven, I have forgiven you, so I have redeemed you. I have forgiven you. Verse, uh, number six, verse eight, I have lavished all of my love on you. I have not just given you my love, but I have lavished uh, my love on you. Number seven, verse 11, I have made you an heir. You have an inheritance. You're not just part of my family. You have an inheritance. And number eight, verse 13, I have sealed you with my spirit. God says you are mine. I have marked you with my spirit. 
I'm gonna be your father. I'm gonna care for you. I take responsibility for you. I have sealed you with my spirit. Number nine, verse 14. Your future is secure. I chose you before time existed. Your future is secure. You can trust me with that. Number 10, verse 14. I have done all of this. God, summary of what we just went through. By my grace, according to my will, to the praise of my glory. So you might say, well, hold on a sec. You know, most of those points, those were about, those were about me. I was kind of liking that, you know, center of the story. Um, it is very clear that this is for God. It is under his control, under his sovereignty. And that's good news for you. The, great, the greatest thing that God can give us, can give you, can give me, is himself. We didn't earn these things. Charles Spurgeon, some of you have read him. We use him sometimes uh, when we're teaching. Uh, he said, I'm certain that God chose me before I was born because I am certain he wouldn't have chosen me afterward. <laughs> I can really relate to that. I, I thought about that this week. I'm like, man, if he chose me after my choices, he might have changed his mind. So I'm glad that uh, he chose me before the foundation of the world. It's hard to walk away from Ephesians 1 and say, man, look at, look at what I did to earn this. Look what I did to, to be able to join the family of God. And so well, I want to see it. So before we get into vulnerable children, I want to use this, this as a base. Let's see this, that, and this is where our praise comes from. This is why we can sing, run to the father with tears in our eyes and why our hands are raised because in Christ, the God of the universe blessed you. He adopted you. He has brought you into his family. He has redeemed you. He has forgiven you. He has lavished you with love. He has given you an inheritance. He has sealed you with his spirit. He has given you a future all to the praise of his glory. And children who are adopted by God love praising their dad. Yeah? So this is our reality. So we looked at theology. How does that impact our lives? How, how do we take that as our base? And how do we make different decisions with that? How do we do that? And, and I love... I love how he uses adoption. He, as, as we look at the New Testament and we look at how he talks about us and we talk about our relationship with him, he, lots of language around new birth, new creation, new birth, over and over. And he could have stuck with that uh, because it's true. But what is also true is the story of adoption, he almost always, not always, but almost, uh, puts those things together so that we have a unique perspective around what adoption means, that we have an understanding of what it cost and what it meant to be brought into the family of God. And the gospel gives us that unique understanding of the gospel. And so we use this unique vertical understanding, this vertical perspective, to drive what should be, if we are in Christ, a unique horizontal perspective in what our lives look like and what we engage in and what we invest in and how we even approach uh, this this topic. But this topic is uh, super emotional. And, and a lot of you, one of the cool things about this community, a lot of people in this community who um, are adoptive parents, foster parents, people who were adopted, who are now adults now, people who are supporting different ministries that support this kind of a thing. Um, and it's complex, and we couldn't cover it in 100 sermons. Uh, and so we're, we're going to do the best we can to look at uh, some, some elements of it. There are beautiful stories. There are heartbreaking stories heartbreaking stories. And we uh, often can mess it up. If we enter into a situation like caring for vulnerable children, and we don't do that in Christ, if we don't enter into it in Christ, we can really mess it up. And I just want to acknowledge that. And, and I know some of you are here 
this morning that some of you have been hurt by this process. And there's some deep wounds as it relates to, to this topic. Um, and that's hard for you. But our, our prayer is that this community, this, this church body, as we look at this, that this would be a place of healing for you. That you would feel welcomed here. That you would feel loved. That we could work through those hurts with you together. And, and hopefully, if, if the Spirit leads you, we can um, use those stories to help us better equip ourselves as we wade into caring for other children. How do we do that where, we don't, where that doesn't happen again? We can learn from you. You can be used and healed here. And I just, I just wanted to pause before we get into some of these things. And just to show you the range of emotions that can happen on uh, this particular topic, I'm going to tell you two stories. And I'm going to be somewhat generic just for, for privacy reasons and just because of the context. Uh, but two stories. One, we have a, a covenant partner whose family was a foster care family, is a foster care family. And they took a young child into their family. And that child was a part of their family for uh, well over a year and became well integrated with that family. The parents loved on that child. The brothers and sisters rallied around that child. The cousins engaged with that child. And so this child became a very important part of that family. The child was taken care of. The child was happy, right? Um, a situation occurred where that child was removed from that family. And, and this happens. This is nothing that the family did. It's just there are things that happen within foster care. Sometimes it's a, a relative that comes into the picture. Um, sometimes it's other things. But this child was removed from that scenario. And the family is heartbroken, obviously. They see this child. The child doesn't want to leave. But almost abruptly, the child is removed from that scenario. So the family is heartbroken. The family grieves and heals over the course of a year. God doesn't leave this situation because that child, because of this, what happens, God is engaging with that family, is engaging with that child. God is still there, uh, but the families are separated. And then a couple of weeks ago, this covenant partner was walking downstairs. And some of you got, some of you may have seen this where the organization Embrace put up these big pictures of the children who are eligible for adoption. I don't know if you saw that or not, but this partner walked past one of those pictures and saw the child. So the way that foster care works, you don't know when the child leaves because of privacy reasons, you don't necessarily know where that child went and so that the connection was, was thought to have been severed. And so the covenant partner sees that, immediately texts his family and says, hey, this is what's happening. This is a picture of this child. Here's, here's the information for how you get hold of the people you need to. And the very next day, that family was on the phone uh, connecting with the foster care services that were necessary to do that. And a little over a week ago, because uh, I, I, <laughs> uh, the child came home to, to that family and was reunited with that family. And because of the staging, that child uh, and that family are now on the path uh, to adopting that child and, and welcoming them into their family, right? So up, down, up. God's there the whole time, engaging in different ways. But you can see how these situations are very complex. Contrast that with a child who um, is fantasizing about having a birth family that, that looks like them. So they're a part of a family that's multiracial, where their parents and brothers don't look like them. And the child is wrestling with imagining, man, what would it be like to have 
a family that looked like me. Now, on the surface, it's like, well, what do you do with that? Because that's very confusing because that child loves the family that they're with. They're happy that God put that, put that, that child into that family's life, right? But at the same time, they, don't, they want to be normal. And in a lot of situations, it's very difficult to be normal uh, within the foster care and the adoptive care systems. My family's dealt with this. Um, you know, especially if it's me and my daughter, you know, like a small petite guy like me and <laughs> small little girl, you know, that doesn't look like me at all. Uh, she has uh, an Asian heritage. Um, people, there are questions, you know, and so that, that, that the child has to, to endure that and hear that. And, and we need to be able to walk with. And so you've got all of these very complex situations. It's not super easy um, to do that. And thankfully, the Lord prepares us for that. And sanctification, fancy word for becoming more holy, becoming more like Jesus, prepares us for that and shapes us and allows us to step into messy and broken situations like that. We enter in him and from him. We don't withdraw from the world in this sense. Do we withdraw from sin? Yes. Do we withdraw from the world because of broken and and messy situations? Absolutely not. We are prepared to enter it under grace and to show Jesus. We don't follow Jesus to be disinfected from the world and separated from broken situations. We are discipled and sent into them. Sons and daughters enter these situations for Christ because we are in Christ. It is the only way to do it without completely messing it up. So we enter on our knees, we enter covered in prayer, and we do it together. I think this is one of the unique ways that God uses the church is in this particular situation because he calls us all into different roles. There are different roles to play. Um, Some will foster and adopt. Others will support those who are fostering and adopting and everything in between. We're going to look at that uh, here in just a second. Um, We need to be praying together, listening to each other's stories. I can't stress this enough. We have much to learn from each other as it relates to this topic so that we can get better at this, that we can care more appropriately uh, for kids and, and families. Uh, within our communities. And we don't have all the answers to this. And and this isn't a, a one-off thing. And so it's clear the Spirit is asking us and prompting us to spend time individually. I heard lots of stories of that. Uh, and collectively uh, this morning and in the coming weeks around what He would have us do as it relates to this topic. So our goal, as we get into practically what would we do with this, is that... Everyone considering adopting, uh, where the Spirit's leading them to that, or everyone who is being led to participate in some way in this topic would be connected, equipped, resourced, deployed, and supported. Connected, equipped, resourced, deployed, and supported. And so we're going to look at three uh, distinct options for how you would do this, just to give us a frame of reference for this before we talk about what we're going to do from a next step standpoint. Um, But there are three kind of high-level options for this. One is you can foster and adopt yourself. And we have many within this family who uh, have been called to that. And I believe we have many in this community who are being called to that. That's option one. Option two is you can directly support uh, the parks community itself. So we'll call that internal um, you can support and come alongside a family within this community who's sitting beside you this morning, who worships together, goes to practice groups together. God calls us to support our church community as it relates to this topic. So that's the second uh, category. Number three, uh, God calls us to do this externally, outside of our 
church community. And that can be locally uh, or to the nations. That could be uh, Sierra Leone. That could be Vietnam. It could be lots of different things. So as we look at this topic, we'll look at them in those uh, three distinct options. And so from a foster and adoption standpoint, as you approach this, it can be, especially if you're new at it, it is, can be very confusing. There's a lot going on. There's lots of options. There's lots of options for that. Excuse me. You can do local, you can foster to adopt, you can do international. There's, you can do infant, you can do 15 year old. There's lots of different things going there on there. And then the process itself, it can be overwhelming as well. There's agencies and how does that work with foster and all this. And so um, we want to come alongside you, if that's you. We want to come alongside you and walk with you through that process. We want to pray with you, if that's a decision that you're, that you're processing through. Uh, we want to walk with you in that. We want to help you understand, here's the landscape. We want to resource you, if that is a need for your family. Uh, and we want to support you after the fact. We don't just want to prepare you and deploy you, but we want to support you as those decisions are played out in your life. We have adoptive and foster families right now within this faith family who are willing to do that and walk with you in that. And it's not just people who have adopted and fostered before. There are a lot of people who are trained in this. Um, so just, just know that. Internal. Uh, how? Okay, well, I don't want to... I don't know that I'm supposed to foster or adopt, but I really want to care for people who are part of the parks community. How, how would I do that? And there are so many ways to do that. And, and oftentimes, there, there are two, two things that get missed. One is uh, people think, I have not fostered and adopted. How, what, what use could I be to people who are doing that? Because I don't have any experience in that. Um, false. We need, we need people that don't have that experience to do lots of different things. Second thing that gets myth, missed is students. We have some students in here. Uh, you have people within your schools who are being fostered and who are adopted and how we engage with them and how we support and encourage them, how we share the gospel with them. We want to equip and train you to do that. Um, and it is a little bit different. And so uh, from an internal standpoint, we can pray, we can fund. Some of you may not know this, but it's very expensive to adopt. It can be up to $40,000 uh, to bring a child into your family. And uh, that's a lot of money to anyone, regardless of your, your vocation or, or whatever. Um, but for some families, that's a deciding factor. And we need to be able to come alongside them, not just with our church budgets, but with our communal resources, uh, so that if God is calling them into that, we are resourcing them into that as their family. Um, providing respite care, which is effectively like really, I don't want to say this, um, it's like really high qualified um, babysitting where we're, we're giving that family a break. Sometimes that's for a night. Sometimes it's for a week. Fostering and adopting, there's some unique things with that that you need to be trained for um, to be able to step into that. And then working towards from a mindset as we support this family, and this is true externally as well, that uh, we, we prepare and equip ourselves for how do we reconcile and how do we reunify where that's appropriate. And so as we think about this, the goal of every foster situation is, is not adoption necessarily. It's that some, most of the time, it is how do we come alongside a family? How do we help them reunify with their kids? And then on the front end of that, as a church community, how are we as a community watching for and investing in families so that that doesn't become a reality for them? So we're, we're investing on the front end. So this is, this is a very wide umbrella as it relates to how we effectively care for vulnerable children. Third external community care. So this is, this could be local. This could be to the nations. This would be outside of our, our church family here. And typically this is going to be, uh, we're going to do this through partners 
even deploying our own people here through, through partners. This can range from sanctity of life to orphanage care uh, in Africa and Vietnam to advocates within the court system here for people who are going through that, mentoring, etc. We have a lot of amazing partners in this, and we'll walk through this in, as, a, as a next step in those deep dives, but Hope Women's Center and Princess Project, Casa Embrace, you guys have heard from these probably at different different points. So, three things. Foster, care for someone within this local community, care for someone uh, externally. So, what do we do with that? So, if our goal, from a next step standpoint, if our goal is that everyone considering adopting and uh, fostering and, and everyone who wants to invest into that... Um, if we want to resource, if we want to connect them and equip them and resource and deploy and support, how do we how do we do that? And first, we have to look at how Jesus did what he did. And Jesus specifically um, started with prayer in everything that he did. I think it's really unique when you look at if you really study the life of Jesus. Praying was fundamental to every step he took. It was as fundamental as breathing to him. And I heard someone say recently, I, I just really stuck with me, uh, Jesus inhaled his father's presence so that he could exhale his father's will. He inhaled his father's presence through prayer and presence so that, he, so that he could exhale his father's will. He didn't exhale his father's will and ask for uh, a, a that a boy. He, he started with that, right? And so we need to do that here. Um, and we need to keep in mind as we, as we get into this next step section uh, that there's, there's not coming a day when Jesus is going to say, I really wish you would have kept a little more for yourself, you know? Um, and, and entering into this is, is costly, and we need to consider that. So next steps, here's what we're going to do. If you don't know Jesus, and, and you're like, I want to follow this guy. Like, I believe in Jesus. I want to join, join this family that, that you're talking about. Your next step is a little different. Uh, first, I want you to, to, to come find me or, or Kyle or one of the other elders, and we want to celebrate with you, and we want to baptize you, and we want to disciple you, and this will become a part of that discipleship path, but, but we want to show you what it, what it looks like to follow Jesus. That's your next step. If you are in Christ and, and part of this community, your next step is to, is to pray and consider and we're going to pray together here at the end. And some of you, this has been a prompting for some time. I had a lot of conversations uh, after the first service. And uh, it's amazing, uh, way more than we thought, where God is moving and calling and encouraging people into this. Not necessarily with clear directions all the time, but calling them into this topic. And they're like, what do I do as, an, you know, as the next step? Um, others of you need to pray and consider through this. This is not something that you enter into lightly. Although our next step, the way that we're going to do this, is we're going to have a series of uh, deep dive sessions on, on really two topics. So one is foster and adopt. If, if that's what you're thinking, that you want to do that distinctly as a family, uh, we want to give you the, the landscape of that and pray with you and walk with you and get an adoptive family partnered with you so that, so that you have that support as you're going through that process. Uh, the other bucket... Uh, bucket. The other section of in information is going to be around how would we support those kinds of families. And that can be families within our church, and that can be external. So, so those two uh, other categories that we were talking about, we'll spend some time around that. We'll walk through the uh, spectrum, and we'll walk through the partners that we have, all of that, so that you can get more information about that. So the next step is to pray and consider, and then to raise your hand, and to show up at... Uh, a, the deep dive session that makes sense 
for you. And the way that we're going to do that is uh, you can digitally do that today. Digitally raise your hand. Uh, You can text parks to 97,000. Option five is foster and adoption. Uh, You can put your name in there and we'll be in contact with you this week. We're also going to summarize and send out um, an invitation email, if you will, to this topic on Tuesday. Uh, and you can respond via that. And, and just know that this isn't, this isn't a, a one-off thing. This is one of the things that's really been on our hearts as we've prayed through and we've thought through this. Not that it hasn't been before, but distinctly now is that this would be a sustainable culture where this becomes how we do what we do here. So this isn't the last time that we're going to step into this. This is the last invitation that you can respond to. But some of you need to step into this. God is calling you and is moving you. You need to react to that. And so that's, that is how we're going to do this. So uh, the point of all of this is not to change a startling statistic. Notice I didn't use any statistics today. Statistics are bad. That's what you need to know. Uh, there are a lot of children who need our help, a lot of families who need our help. The point is not to change a startling statistic, although I pray that we, that we do make an impact in those statistics. The point is to exalt the gospel through hearts that have been transformed by and for the glory of God. That is the point. That is how we live out our faith. And this has to be spirit-led. Not us-led, not our fixing a situation-led. It has to be spirit-led from a unified people who are in Christ. And so the way that I want to end today, our our closing prayer, if you will, we're going to do this together. We're going to do a responsive reading that is a prayer. And some of you have no idea what a responsive reading is, uh, and that's okay. We're going to to teach you. So um, if everyone would stand up, the way this works is that I'm going to read the section that says leader behind me. And you are going to read the section that says people. And I want, before we start, before we start, um, this isn't an exercise of any kind. This is a prayer. And I want you to approach it like that. I want our hearts and our posture to be prayerful as we consider these words, as we approach this from a communal standpoint. Okay? So I'll start. Our lives are so small, O Lord. Our courage so frail. Therefore, give us grace and guidance for the journey ahead. We are gathered here because we believe that we are called together into a work we cannot yet know the fullness of. And so we offer to you, O God, these things. Shape them as you will. May they be invested towards bright, eternal ends. Shepherd us well, lest we grow enamored of our own accomplishment or entrenchment in old habit. Instead, let us listen for your voice. Our hearts ever open to the quiet beckonings of your spirit in this endeavor. You alone, O God, by your gracious and life-giving spirit, have power to knit our imperfect hearts, our weaknesses, our strengths, our stories, our gifts, one to another. 
May our acts of service and creation, frail and wanting as they are, be met and multiplied by the mysterious workings of your Spirit, who weaves all things together toward a redemption more good and glorious than we yet have eyes to see or courage to hope for. Let all that we do here, in these our brief lives, in this our brief moment to love, in this the work you have ordained for this community, flower and winsome, and beautiful foretaste of greater glories yet to come. Amen. Awesome. Well, you guys are dismissed. Thanks for being here this morning. We look forward to moving in this together. Love you guys. Have a great week.